Welcome to episode number 145 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are continuing our podcasts on the Holy Spirit, miracles, the gifts of the Spirit, and whatever the Holy Spirit places upon our heart. So today, I've entitled this podcast, Why Do We Need the Holy Spirit? Now that question may be simple for some of you, but trust me, it's not simple to most Christians that I've spoken to. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration, a lot of poor teaching, and also a lot of people just simply not going to the Word of God to see what it says about the gifts of the Spirit and about miracles. So with that, we're going to pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us through this teaching today. So let's do that right now. Heavenly Father, once again I come to you and need your help. I need you to take charge. I ask the Holy Spirit now to come in, take control of my thoughts, the words that I speak, the scriptures that I will read, and also touch the ears and the hearts of those who are listening in. I thank you for this opportunity that you provided it, that I can speak to people in different countries and explain to them the way you've helped me to understand the gifts of the Spirit and the working of miracles. So I just believe you're going to do something very special today because when you show up, something special always takes place. As a matter of fact, when you show up, the supernatural takes over. So we surrender to that now. We pray that it would become natural for us to seek the supernatural of the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Thank you for this opportunity. I pray you would bless it, anoint it, and I give you the praise for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, there are many churches not teaching on the Holy Spirit and the nine power gifts of the Spirit. Therefore, I felt led to do a podcast on these topics in order to help Christians who do not understand the operation of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul wrote these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1 to give us some clarity and direction. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 1. Now dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Now after that, Paul goes on to write several chapters helping us get clarity and understanding and guidance and direction for the operation of the gifts in the church today. So I would encourage you, I've said it in other podcasts and I have to encourage you today on this also. I would encourage you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14 that would help you get direction and guidance when it comes to understanding the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. Paul's desire was to help Christians understand the Holy Spirit. It's really quite simple the way he explains it and his desire, his motives were pure and his intentions were correct. So I encourage you to please read those. Let me go on now. In 1 Corinthians, Paul gives us explanations of the gifts, how they operate, and what to avoid in the operation. The best way to answer the question, which is the title of this podcast, Why Do We Need the Holy Spirit?, is to go directly to God's Word. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit when he spoke to his disciples. We find that In John chapter 16, verses 7 and 8, I'm reading once again in the New Living Translation. These are the words of Jesus. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the Advocate won't come. Now, the Advocate is the Holy Spirit. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Verse 8, And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin, and of God's righteousness, and of the coming of judgment. So herefore, Jesus is telling them he's leaving, but he's sending the Holy Spirit to give them direction, guidance, and to bring truth 
to each and every one of them and to the entire world. Now let's move on to another scripture where Jesus is making a promise and that's found in John chapter 14 and verse number 26. Once again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Here are the words of Jesus. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So now we see that Jesus is leaving and here he's giving us the Holy Spirit. So once again, we're answering the question, why do we need the Holy Spirit. Now, in my years of pastoring, I met with many individuals and couples who did not understand the operation of the Holy Spirit. Often, the only thing they wanted to talk about was speaking in tongues. That seems to be the common thing that they want to either challenge the church with or wonder about or want to experience. Now, because our church believed in the gifts of the Spirit, I would speak on them and have our small groups meet and pray with people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak in their heavenly language. We were a Pentecostal church, and I wanted our congregation to have knowledge of the nine gifts of the Spirit. I discovered that most Christians do not understand who the Holy Spirit is, much less the nine gifts of the Spirit, and why we need to seek Him and to seek the gifts of the Spirit. I would tell our church that miracles and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit are synonymous. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later, but think about that for a second that the miracles that we see working by the Holy Spirit and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit are the same or synonymous. This is a good time to give you my definition of the Holy Spirit. Now, I will define and talk about miracles later on in this podcast. The Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity, the triune Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, that's Jesus, of course, and God the Holy Spirit. They are one God in three persons. Because they do not understand the Trinity, some people get very confused and they feel that Christians are serving three gods. Well, that's certainly incorrect, and anyone who says that never studied the Word of God or have ever surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ. The Word of God tells us that the only way we become a Christian is through the Holy Spirit leading us to Jesus. And God is the one who's giving those instructions and directions through the Holy Spirit that these men of God are writing them down in the Word of God that we read and we study every day of our life. At least I hope that we're doing that. So let me give you a scripture to help you explain the Holy Spirit to others. It's found in the book of John, chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. I'm reading, these are the words of Jesus. I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. Now he's telling us right there that it's something that's difficult to explain, but it's certainly something that we can experience. So with that, I want to be sure that everyone listening into this podcast today is a Christian, that they've given their life to Jesus Christ. And if there's anyone out there who's never surrendered your life to Christ, I need to take this moment now and be sure that we're all on the same page, that we're all studying this word, and we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. So if you're not sure whether you're going to spend eternity in heaven or not, just say these words. Father, the Bible says that if I confess my sins, that God is faithful to forgive me of those sins. So on this day, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I am sorry, and I repent of my sins, and thank you for your forgiveness. I promise that I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for giving your life for me, that I would have eternal life. And I give you praise for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, and you meant it with all your heart, then Jesus came into your life. Here's an interesting thought. After you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, by accepting Him, it is your first encounter 
with the Holy Spirit. I gave you some scriptures that prove that out, and now you've experienced that. For those of you who are Christians already, that you've given your life to Christ, you understand also that your first encounter with the Holy Spirit was when you surrendered your life to God and you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. Just as a reminder, this podcast is about why we need the Holy Spirit. So let's look at a number of scriptures, a number of examples that tell us why we need the Holy Spirit in our life each and every day. So let me start with you one of my with one of my favorite scriptures found in the book of Romans, where Paul is teaching and giving some great instruction. By the way, if you've not read the book of Romans, you should quite frankly, spend significant time in it. It's a great book. It's considered as one of the greatest books in the Word of God. And so I would encourage you to get the book of Romans, read it, and study it. I know many of us have read a few scriptures here, a few passages there, but read it from one chapter all the way to the end, and I'm telling you, your life will be changed. So I'm reading in the New Living Translation, Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. There we go. There's an example of why we need the Holy Spirit. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit leads for us, all of us believers, in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. You know, I could do a podcast just on those few verses, because when we think about why we need the Holy Spirit, it says right here that we need, desperately need God's direction. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses when we don't know how to pray. You ever been to the point where you're not sure how to pray or what to pray and what to pray for and what not to pray for and who to pray for and who not to pray for? Well, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you seek his guidance and direction and yield to his voice, that still quiet voice that speaks to us, that tells us in what direction that we should go, a lot of people don't understand that the Holy Spirit's not going to come out and scream in you in your face. Of course, he could, but he's not going to do that. He's going to speak to your spirit, to your heart. He's going to speak inside of you and give you guidance and direction. So sometimes that's why we get confused when we're in prayer and we should stop and say, Holy Spirit, help me. Guide me in my prayer time. Lead me in the path that I should go. Because it says here, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groaning. So when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and you have your prayer, prayer language, and it's just between you and the Lord, you realize when you're praying in your prayer language that you're praying the divine will of God to God the Father, and He's directing you, directing us in the way that we should pray. And there are many times when I've been praying and I run out of my list of things to pray for and people to pray for and things I think that I should lift up and pray for, and I just start praying in the Spirit. When I start praying in the Spirit, I know I'm praying the divine will of God. So that's what it says, that the praise for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words, and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, see, for the Spirit pleads for us in harmony with God's own will. And then it says one of the greatest verses in the Word of God, one that I use often and one that we should understand completely, and that is verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together. Now, how do we know that? Because the Spirit of God speaks to us, gives us comfort, guidance, direction, and He gives us an understanding that we will receive good things from God if we love Him and we're called according to His purpose for them. So that's a great verse. I would encourage you to read that when you're wondering how to communicate with the Holy Spirit. You might want to get out Romans chapter 8 verses 26, 27, and 28. Here's another passage of scripture I think that's going to be powerful in understanding why we need the Holy Spirit. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 9 through 13. Once again, the Apostle Paul is writing here. 
That is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10, But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit, for his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own Spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own Spirit. And we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. You know, there's something here really powerful. I know it's going to be a little lengthy in my reading, but I need to continue on to 13 here. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. Let's, let's just go on here. Verse 16, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things. Listen to this, for we have the mind of Christ. Now, why do we have the mind of Christ? It's because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. If I couldn't, I can't imagine finding another scripture that is more powerful, more beneficial to you than the one I just read about understanding why we need the Holy Spirit. That's the communication I was talking about earlier, that we can communicate with God. We don't have to scream and yell and he doesn't have to send his spirit down here and have him beat us up and slap us around to wake us up. He speaks to our inner thoughts because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So we need the Spirit of God because of our communication with the Lord and knowing his guidance and knowing his direction. Here's another scripture helping us to understand why we need the Holy Spirit so much in our life. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17. Why don't we just back up a verse to verse 16 because here we need to understand that when we become a follower of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of us. And verse 16 tells us, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. That applies to the veil that was in the holy temple. And when Jesus died, the veil was torn down, which means man could go directly to God. Veil was there to keep us, keep individuals from going directly to God. But when Jesus gave his life, the sacrifice that he gave, that took the veil down. So here, Paul is talking about that, referring to that, that we have direct contact now with God through the Spirit. He says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, okay, we became Christians, the veil is taken away. Then verse 17 says, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Now, there's another great scripture telling us why we so dearly need to have the Holy Spirit working in our life. Yes, when we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. But you know, a lot of folks, and I know I did in my early years of being a Christian, I grieved the Spirit of God. I quenched the Spirit of God because even though He was in me, I didn't really study. I didn't try to understand. I didn't want to understand the, the concept of the Holy Spirit working in my life, and I had to go through scriptures. And fortunately, it took a number of months, but I started to understand. I went to a good church that taught about the gifts of the Spirit and understand the things that God had for me that were greater than what I was currently operating in. So as soon as I started to understand the Holy Spirit, I realized there was a tremendous amount of power that could come into my life 
not to have power over people, but to have power over the devil himself and take authority over him in Jesus' name, and that I could operate in the Spirit to bless and comfort the church, because that's the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit. When I talk about why we need the Holy Spirit in our life, it reminds me of King David. You know, when he sinned with Bathsheba, he had Bathsheba's husband sent to the front lines in war, knowing that he would be killed. He knew that Bathsheba's husband would not be able to survive in battle if he put him right on the front, and that's what happened. So David sinned against God by having sex with Bathsheba while her husband was away, obviously, and then he basically provided for her husband to be killed in battle. And he tried to hide the whole thing, but it was discovered, and when it became evident what took place, David knew that he needed the Spirit of God. He knew he needed to have the Spirit of God in his life. So after he went through all that, I mean, that's pretty dramatic. And I know a lot of that, those types of things happen today, but there's nothing more, hardly more dramatic than what David went through when he was the king of Israel. So what did David do when he wanted to have the Holy Spirit in his life? Let's get to the book of Psalms and chapter 51. I'm going to kind of jump around from verse to verse. There's a couple I'll stay locked in on, but at the beginning in Psalm 51 verse 1, David said, Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. And that was good, and he wanted to be washed free of guilt and the sin in his life, but he knew that he needed more than that. And he said in verse number 8, Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. In verse 10 he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. All that was going on, King David realized the thing that he could not stand would be to lose the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life. And so he said, Don't take that from me. Restore unto me, he says in verse 12, the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. And that's just so powerful because here we see a man who is king of a great nation and yet he fell into deep sin. And the one thing he wanted more than anything else was obviously to be forgiven, but he wanted to be sure the presence of the Lord would dwell within him every day of his life. This teaching has had a lot of scriptures in it, which I always like to do, and they've basically covered all the grounds to understand the significance of the Holy Spirit in our life. But I don't know how to explain it to you any better than to think about the thought of what would it be like if you didn't have the presence of the Holy Spirit? What would it be like if you had no way to pray, that you had no communications with God, and you were basically alone and dark alone? They say when a person would be sent to hell, that one of the worst things that could happen to them was that they would be alone in eternity, in eternal damnation, all by themselves. You see, we don't ever have to experience that because we're born-again believers. We've given our life to Jesus Christ, and we're serving Him. But we need more in this life than just simply being born again, knowing that Jesus Christ is our Savior. That's wonderful. That's glorious. That's the greatest thing that can happen. But we need to operate in the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Jesus knew that. Jesus was constantly concerned about the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, he had a constant contact with the Holy Spirit during his earthly life. Something that we need to have. We need to have a constant contact with the Holy Spirit. Now, we're talking about the Son of God, and he knew that he needed to have communion and contact with the Holy Spirit every single day. That's why he prayed. He sought God. He went alone to be with God. When he was facing the crucifixion, he cried out. He said, oh God, take this cup from me. But he said, no, not my will, but thy will be done. The Holy Spirit helped him with that. And helping him to understand he needed to operate in God's will. So if Jesus felt that he needed constant contact with the Holy Spirit, how much greater do we need to have a desire to have constant contact? 
Well, now you might be saying, well, Pastor, I think you've gone too far. How in the world, how is it possible that we can do that, that when he, that we can actually have that type of constant contact? And I've found a scripture, I think, that may help you with that. I know it's helped me. So let me turn to the book of Ephesians. It's in chapter 5, starting at verse 15. I'm going to read several verses here of Scripture because if we want to have that kind of strength and power of the Holy Spirit in our life, we need to maintain a constant contact with Him. And I think the Scripture helps us in pretty much every area of our life. So the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, Ephesians chapter 5, 5 verse 15 through probably verse 20. So be careful how you live. Right there, that's right the beginning of it. We should be careful how we live. Don't live like fools. All right, there's good advice again, but like those who are wise. So now just in the beginning of this verse, Paul is telling us if we want to have a right relationship with God, we need to be careful how we live. Don't live like fools and then we'll have wisdom. Verse 16 says, "...to make the most of every opportunity in these evil days." Well, that's another scripture for us that's powerful. If we want to have constant contact with the Holy Spirit, we need to be ready to give our testimony. One of the greatest examples of walking in the Spirit is to be led of the Spirit to give your testimony of how you received Jesus and what it's done in your life, how it's changed your life, and how it's made you a better person, a stronger person, a more confident person, a person filled with joy and peace in your life. So don't miss the opportunity to witness, to give of your faith. I talked about prophecy the other day, and there was one comment that I made, I think that applies right now, and that's called testimonial prophecy, which is basically giving your testimony. That is a prophecy you're giving to someone as to how they can live and the kind of life that they can experience. So verse 16, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. I can tell you, if we do that, we'll be in constant contact with the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. How can you not stay in constant contact in order to know what you want the Lord wants you to do? Verse 18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's interesting. He uses specifically alcohol as something to warn us from. Now, some people say, well, it's okay to drink, and some say it's not okay to drink. But the Bible does say often enough that we should not be drunk with wine and that Jesus, I know, created wine. Some people say that wasn't wine. It was something else. So I don't want to get into that conversation about wine and what right and what's not. But it's very clearly stated here, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That will help us to have maintain constant contact with the Lord in the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. How could you not help maintaining the right relationship with the Holy Spirit if we do that? In verse 20, it says, And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You might want to write this one down. That's Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. It's, it's entitled, Living by the Spirit's Power. If we want to maintain constant contact with the Holy Spirit like Jesus did, then we need to follow these steps and it'll go a long way in helping us to achieve that and understand the importance and the need that we have for the Holy Spirit. We need to desire more of the Holy Spirit. We need to seek Him. We need to speak to Him. We need to read in the Word of God what He says for us to do and how to do it. I made a comment that Jesus had constant contact with the Holy Spirit. Well, let's kind of review that in His life. See, you see, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the Virgin Mary. That certainly started things off on the right right step, didn't it? The Holy Spirit 
descended on Jesus like a dove during his water baptism, when his ministry actually started, when he became, well, it started sooner than that because he was preaching in the synagogues when he was 12. But, you know, he was preaching in the synagogue and speaking to the elders and they knew they had something special in his life and that he was able to speak with them. But, but here's a great example that the dove came down during his water baptism and that's when this active ministry that he had started when John the Baptist said, there he is. And John knew that he was the Messiah, the Son of God. As a matter of fact, when I think about baptism, that's one of the reasons that we need to be baptized in water. Because when that happens, we can have a visitation from the Holy Spirit. I've had people get baptized in water and start praying in the Spirit. And they had not received the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and had them praying in the Spirit when they came out of the water because the Holy Spirit was just refreshing them and strengthening them and giving them comfort and strength for their life. You see, when Jesus was taken up to heaven, he promised to send the Holy Spirit. So it started by first when he was conceived and then his ministry started and he ministered through the Holy Spirit. He sought the Holy Spirit. And then when he was taken up to heaven, he told the apostles, don't worry, I'm going to send you the comforter, an advocate. I'm going to send someone to be with you and to give you that comfort. Now, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit with all these examples, then we need him even greater. How many agree? Just think about it. How many with you out there agree with me that you need a greater touch of the Holy Spirit in your life? So why don't I take a second right now? I know that this podcast has come to a quick ending, but how many people out there would like to have more of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life? So if that's you, receive this prayer. Father, there are those out there who are desiring a closer walk with you and a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit in their life. So I pray now that the Holy Spirit would would descend upon them and bring them new joy and new peace and a refreshment, Father, to their life. I pray that you would bless the Spirit that's dwelling inside of them and because they receive the Holy Spirit when they gave their life to Jesus Christ and that would come forth and it will bubble forth, Father, and the gifts of the Spirit would be manifested in their life. And I believe for that for them and I give you praise for it in advance. I thank you, Lord, for that give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Now, you know, we really need today in these evil days, because it's difficult, no matter when this podcast is being listened, there's evil around the earth trying to kill people off, to destroy Christianity, to beat down the missionary work that's taking place throughout the world. So we need the gifts of the Spirit to help the church. We need to be able to pray and know when to pray because sometimes when you're praying in the Spirit or you're just alone by yourself and you're praying in the Spirit, it could be that you're being used by God to pray for someone who's in need somewhere else in the earth. There's times in my life when I prayed for people and asked God to help them and the phone will ring right after my prayer time. It'll be that person and they want to talk about issues and talk about things. And I'll just tell them, I've just been praying about you and and knowing that God has something planned for your life and just to help them. I believe that happens to Christians when they develop a constant contact with the Lord. Now, now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I've got all these these super spiritual things happening in my life and I'm always in constant contact because there are things that distract and there are things that cause me to get busy in other areas and things. But I desire more of a closer walk with the Holy Spirit because he will lead me into all truth because that's the reason I need him so much in my life. You know, now that we've defined the Holy Spirit, and I've talked a lot about it. Matter of fact, 90% of this podcast has been on the Holy Spirit with the definition that I gave you of all the reasons why we need Him. This might be a good time for me to close this up by giving you my definition of the miracles that I talked about earlier. I said that the Holy Spirit and the manifestations that take place in Him are synonymous with miracles that take place. And so when you think of miracles and you hear about miracles and you see miracles working, remember that is synonymous with the manifestations of the 
Holy Spirit. They go together, the Holy Spirit and miracles. Him living and dwelling inside of you is a miracle. The fact that you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is a miracle. The fact that you have the promise and the hope of heaven and eternal life with Christ is a miracle. Don't just limit the miracles to something that you see or that you feel or a disease that you have or some kind of a problem that you're having and that's the only kind of miracles that take place. The Holy Spirit does miracles constantly each and every day and you're a part of that miracle work of the Holy Spirit. I'll give you my definition with I close with this about what a miracle is. There are events that are contrary to natural or scientific laws, things connected to divine activity, supernatural events. When we think about the actions of the Holy Spirit, they are miracles and are supernatural events. And that is why in the earlier part of this podcast, I made this statement, miracles and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit are synonymous. So we're going to continue teaching on the Holy Spirit. We're going to continue to speak on miracles. The podcast coming up next, I don't have a title for it yet, but I know it's going to be on the miracle gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I think we're going to spend a little bit of time explaining the significance and the importance of understanding the power that are in miracles and that we must not lightly talk about miracles and we must not water down miracles. So pray for me, if you will, for future podcasts. We've come to an end to this podcast, so I just want to bless you. I want to let you know that if you'd like to get more information about the ministries that I have, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you get there, you'll see a link to the books that I've written and a link to the podcast that I've done. In addition to that, if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can go to cpnshows.com or wherever you get your or listen to your podcasts. So with that, I just pray that you'll be blessed. And I want to sign off with this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until next time, I pray that God will richly bless you, that we will all grow closer to God, and that we will all seek a constant contact with the Holy Spirit in our life. Thank you for listening in. I'd like to have you contact your friends and those that you know might be interested in hearing about the gifts of the Spirit and the miracles of the Spirit. And I know that they'll be blessed as they tune in. You can tell them about all the other podcasts that I have on cpnshows.com where you can find about my teachings on prosperity and on generosity, on debt-free living, and on faith. And so I know that they'll be a blessing to you. And I thank God for Him inspiring me to write those and being led by the Spirit to put them into writing. So may God bless you and may He richly bless you in all that you do. See you next time.